You're listening to Brand to Brand, a B2B marketing show that's safe enough for work, but not safe enough to be on the radio. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're talking about culture and what it means for your brand. We'll take a hard look at Netflix and Google to see what they're doing to build and keep a winning team. All right, let's kick things off. Welcome back, everyone. Episode six, here we go. We've spent a lot of time exploring brands, what they put out there. Today, it's time to look inward. We're talking about culture. Culture is critical when you're creating an organization, a brand. It's critical to your success. And ultimately, with social media in this crazy world that we live in now, it's just never been more important to consider what you're doing with your culture. Veronica, I'd love your hot take on <laughs> culture. I'm I'm really amped up about this episode. I hope this is not a lukewarm take. I feel like the way that society is evolving and the way more more and more consumers want to see what brands are doing, what companies are doing, it's no longer about your customer wanting to know how they'll be treated. It might be they, part of their buying process. Well, yeah, they want to know how you treat your employees. Yeah. So, like, no one is staying at the same company for their entire life when the company treats them like shit so they can get their retirement party and get the company watch. People are expecting good working conditions, benefits, maybe unique benefits, and work-life balance is something you see online constantly in every article. Your culture is showing. It's visible. It wore its, it's in its underwear in school. It's hiding behind the kimono, and maybe a gust of wind comes by and blows that thing open. So you better be damn sure whatever you got under there is working. Get a Brazilian culture wax and just get ready to bear it all because we're talking culture today, baby. Put on your x-ray glasses and get ready to take a hard look in the mirror. Let's get into it. Let's get it. Google, Netflix. Which one? I'm going Google. I will happily take Netflix and Netflix their and no rules rules <laughs> culture. So why Google? I'm a huge fan of Google because I feel like they put out very clear public facing core values. They actually live their core values. They're well known for leaning so hard into taking care of their employees and promoting work-life balance in a really creative way. Um, you have access to top-of-the-line gyms, swimming pools. You can even sleep on the job. They have sleep pods. Well, they brought this sort of new vogue of of sort of culture, but uh, over a decade ago, and sort of put a lot of pressure. Before WeWork came in and started creating these really cool, fun, sort of millennial-centric office spaces, Google came in and sort of smashed that expectation and really sort of changed the game. Yeah, one of the things that I like about Google um, in their, their core value that they live is you can be serious without a suit. A three-piece suit? Five-piece suit? Yeah, and there's Pants something <laughs> about that that really fits into that sort of tech revolution. I mean, this isn't for every brand, but the way that they're attracting the top talent and they're creating this amazing ecosystem for them where people can do their best work and really fall in love with the work they do. I mean... I would, I, would, I would be missing the mark if I didn't call out the fact that Google is inherently doing this in some ways to like keep their team at their 
offices more often by creating they a campus <laughs> that's attractive and awesome and wonderful. But that's a win-win, right? Yeah. Make a better experience for your team. Your team will stick around in more ways than one. Make uh, your team want to work there. Make them feel good staying late. They'll feel more fulfilled. They'll like it. Celebrate your team. Yeah. Make them feel like you're invested in them. So why are you, why do you, uh, why are you taking Netflix? Netflix, no rules. I think uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO there, he has created a culture of innovation. And he's done so because he has seen what has worked and not worked at his previous ventures. His last venture, he said part of the reason that it wasn't as successful was because in his eyes, he felt like he created a policy and procedure for everything. If you create a culture where you define every single thing for your team, the things they do right, the things that they do wrong, people lose that creativity. But if we were going to also comment on some of the things people sort of think of for Netflix in terms of culture, Netflix is not keeping a bad apple around. If you do not fit, if you don't work out, maybe you have a bad attitude. They just let you go. You're fired. You're fired. Well, that's it. really important because a toxic person can poison the well and can spread that negativity to your good people who maybe wouldn't head that direction, but maybe are a little bit more malleable, especially if they're more junior. So it's really important to take a look at if there is somebody on the team who's doing a lot more harm than good. They say it takes one to tango. It, <laughs> I, uh, it takes one bad I don't think apple I need to I'm Google that. To <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> a bad apple can poison the pie. You know, Tony Robbins, uh, I saw speak once and when he was talking. You did? Yeah. Where? Did. Uh, in Boston. Yeah, oh. Con- convention center. I would love to see Tony Robbins. It was invigorating. It was amazing. One thing that I was left with, though, he said, you have someone at work that you hate. And I want you to go into the office tomorrow. I want you to get eyeball to eyeball with that person. And I want you to tell him how you feel. And he was not saying, hey, Veronica, I don't like you. And then that's the end of the conversation. It was more so address the problem. And this is not a joking matter by any means about letting anybody go. But if someone's not working out and it's a toxic environment, that is not just simply affecting you and that other person. It's affecting people around you. If someone's not pulling their weight, it's not working out. But yet, in human nature, not all of us want to confront the problem. We'd rather just move on and, and sort of live with it. And is not this, a, is this a, co- a colleague or a subordinate? I mean, I'm sure this was more of a leadership focused and Mm. our audience is more leadership focused, but I would argue that even if it's someone that you collaborate with, it's a different conversation, I have to but say, it's about yeah. addressing. Well, I agree. And as much as you can get along with somebody socially, um, mm-hmm. if they're not supporting you and your role and what you're bringing, does that friendship really stand outside of like, are they really your friend if they're like not making your, your, you able to work? And symptomatically, if you're apologetic before you ask somebody for help with something at work, something that they arguably oh, should be doing worst. for part of their job. If you, yeah, if you have to ask someone to issue. do a favor when it's their job. Culture is something that is curated and it's cultivated. It's a mess of ingredients. And when you get something wrong, you got to get rid of the situation or mitigate it. Sometimes you got to scrap the dish and you got to order out. You got to start over. (laughs) So Um, so obviously, like considering all that we've said about Netflix, I I know Google has had a tremendous amount of things that they offer their employees beyond just simply the benefits. What what else is Google going on? Yeah. So I think that something that's really interesting that Google does is utilize 
utilizes data in how they approach people problems. Um, obviously, it makes sense that Google would be like very lean into data. Uh, they have a people operations department. And notably, they had an incident um, where they noticed that they were having a high rate of turnover with women. So this was obviously something they wanted to reduce. Turnover is very expensive. Why is this problem only happening with women? After doing further research, they found out the turnover was with new mothers. So what did they do? They upped their maternity leave to 18 weeks to try to encourage new mothers to stay with Google and return at the company. So they utilized data, something that is quite inhuman in nature, to solve people and human-focused problems. That lean into utilizing tools, innovation, technology, data to support your culture and your company makes a lot of sense. And it's it's a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, they leveraged all of that information and they ended up with a better benefits package and a better overall culture as well, a culture that supports people having children and it's, being able to come back to work, being welcomed yeah. back to work. I do hear in some cases that, um, you know, on the Netflix side of things, there is some notes on culture where people mm. are feeling as though they're overworked and otherwise. But what I find interesting is Google didn't really have like a make or break moment where they had to like really take a look and restructure their entire company uh, or they were going to go out of business. But I know from chatting with you, Netflix, Netflix's CEO had a decision to be made. What happened was they actually cut back their staff. They had a situation with funding where they had to lay off a, a, a decent percentage of the, of their team. And Breed was really worried about what that was going to mean for the culture of the organization. And But what he found was that team that was left, that team of A-plus players... The morale Which shot is crazy up. to me. I mean, it makes sense, but like it doesn't. Because gone was all the bullshit of people <laughs> getting in the way of not getting stuff done, under promising, not delivering. Oh, that I hadn't gotten to it yet. I'm sorry. Whatever. All of those things are part of the culture and the experience that is created in working at a company. Everybody at a company wants to know you're all in it together. It's a team for a reason. There's a fair amount of discussion in the corporate world around calling your team a family. Is that the right move? A team is a perfect analogy. I agree. Because you want A players. If someone doesn't fit in a position, you get someone else in the position. Doesn't mean that they're off the team. Might just mean now you're playing forward. And in a family, even if they suck, you're going to love them. You have to love them. You They're have family. To love them. They're family. It does not fit. It's not the right <laughs> it analogy. Doesn't it doesn't mean that you can't treat your team like you would treat a family with love. Love your team. Appreciate your team. But it's so much more analogous as yeah, and I and having like a company like Google who has really leaned into like taking care, and this is something that I heard of. If we're going to talk about another company, I'll never forget listening to at the time the CEO of Zappos. This was a long time ago. Online shoe retailer was asked in an interview, "What is your approach to customer service?" And he said, "Oh." I don't have an approach to customer service. I just take care of my employees and then they take care care of my customer. customer. And it's interesting. Google has, they basically talk about 10 things we know to be true. And that's where they share their core values. And they have things like you can make money without doing evil or Mm. like focus on the user and all else will follow, which is that same sentiment. If you take care of your people, 
they will feel, and I think about it like it's the lemonade stand analogy. Does your team love the team enough to turn the lights off when they leave a room? Or do they not give a shit if that electrical bill goes up? <laughs> Those are the people that you want to focus on. Because they make better lemonade. They make better lemonade. They make and the best lemonade. And they're going to inspire the people around them to make better mm -hmm. lemonade, to treat the customers better. And they're going to fucking sell that lemonade, they too. They're going to sell the shit out of that lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, if I was going to take that to Netflix, you're familiar with the Netflix culture deck? No. Oh, God. They dropped this deck in 2009. This is sort of right when Netflix was sort of exploding. If we had to look at a curve in terms of their user adoption, they were continuing to grow, but they still were not the behemoth that they are today. And they dropped this culture deck, and, and corporate America just kind of laughed. The reactions were like, yeah. Reed Hastings, that wouldn't work here. <laughs> Don't know what you're this. doing there. <laughs> I will read you the kind of values, if they will, right? Netflix culture, they call freedom and responsibility. Seek excellence. Our culture focuses on helping us achieve excellence. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because have you seen Bill and Ted's Most Excellent Adventure? No. One of the like mission or the core values in the future that they say <laughs> is be excellent to each other. Okay. Values are what we value. High performance, freedom and responsibility, context, not control, ah. highly aligned Loosely coupled, which sounds like a weird engineering <laughs> thing, okay? Pay top of market and promotions and development. These are all things that are really fundamentally important to them, and it fits in to the importance and the mindset that they place in getting the top performers, paying them really, really well, working them hard, and aligning towards this vision of creating something Unbelievable. And I think we can agree. Netflix is doing pretty they're good. They're doing <laughs> I think great. they're okay. I think Google is too. <laughs> they're doing, both of these brands are doing just fine. Now you've got some great culture decks out there. Spotify, HubSpot, Asana. It's become a thing. And when you talk about your culture being on display, companies are now touting that culture. I have to say, like, I've, I've even given advice to people when they're looking for a job. Have you checked out their Instagram page and seen what the culture is yeah, like? Yeah, what's the behind the scenes? Yeah, like, Don't show what? up the first day and not know what to wear. Yeah, oof, that's, that is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. It's like dating. If you're going to lie about what you are interested in, or you're going to, even if it is a job, you're lying about what you want to get the job. Once you get that job, you are not the right fit for it if you had to lie to get there. It's they're not going to find out. You're going to find out. You don't like long walks on the beach. So why are you saying that? It's so fascinating how people will lie to get a thing they think they want. But the reality and the irony of it is if you're not honest in who you are, it's not going to matter. You show up You're the not first day vibe. and someone's wearing underwear and drinking milk out of the fridge. <laughs> And you're like, no, no, no. This is not going to work for this me. This is not going to work for so, me. So I feel like the advice also for people like what I've always give for people seeking jobs or if you are in HR or if you have a hand in who you're hiring in your marketing department, you want to be being very honest with the type of job opportunity that you're putting out there and what you're putting out on social media or on maybe your company's like about or who we are or culture page because you're going to only attract the talent that that actually attracts i think we're in the era of <laughs> radical candor great book kim scott it details the specifics around 
being honest with people in a moment when they're when they got your back or when they fail and and a culture of radical candor is something that you'd see synonymously with Google and with Netflix. If someone's performing, let them know. Kudos is a good thing. If someone's not performing, let them know. Because sometimes people don't know when they've got spinach in their brand skin. Yes, right? it's- and you need to pick it out for them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to progress, you want people on your team who want to progress in their careers because those are the people who are going to move your company forward. Mm-hmm. So if those people cannot take productive criticism, Help them constructive level up. criticism, if they don't want to level up, you have to decide if that's a person you want on the team because the team that you are building that is going to put your company in the fast lane to success, there are only a limited amount of seats on that bus. And you want to attract people who want to be on that bus. And you want to create a bus where you either have to kick people off if they're not fitting or create a culture where those people who don't fit don't want to be there because they realize it's not for them. That's right. That's right. And radical candor is not an excuse to be rude. There is a way to be radical with your candor, but also supportive. Supportive. That's hard for people. Hey. I noticed in that last meeting, it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. I just want to address the fact that it feels like you were underprepared for that meeting, Veronica. But I think in the future, here's some things I do to prepare, make sure I'm ready for the meeting. It's the notes, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's simple. It's little things. It's little things. Obviously, I'm joking and we're having fun here, but it's all about creating that culture of accountability accountability and growth. Like we all want to be honest with ourselves that like no one has it figured out, no matter how many degrees you have, no matter what position you hold, where you went to school, you don't have it figured out. And if you think you have it figured out, you are only doing yourself a disservice. And now for something completely different. So now's a chance for us to take all of this fun culture conversation, mumbo jumbo, and put it to work. These are big things. This is hard to define. Culture is not something that you can. Yeah, culture is not something you can show up and photograph at your space. So, how do people put that to work? Where would they start? First step, you got to do a three sixty. Not physically spin spin around. No, not physically spin around. I mean, I feel like a culture that promotes dancing in the office. I mean, if 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 you know how to break dance, you could do a pretty provocative three sixty. But do a little bit of a pulse survey. Get a sense from your team how people are doing. Honestly, just open water cooler conversation. Mm -hmm. Get a sense for how people are doing. Make it anonymous. You want to create a a culture that excites you to come to work every day, and you need to know what the baseline is. And so you get that survey out there. And then what do you do when you get those results, Thomas? We're talking to management people that are listening to this, right? Um, And you may not necessarily be prepared for what's on the other side of that survey. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sit down with a buddy. Have a have a beer, have a kombucha, have a whatever, <laughs> insert beverage of choice. And dig into it. And dig dig in, dig in, and be prepared. And also, if you're reading these results as they come in and you don't like what they have to say, don't get defensive. Mm. Look inward. Almost repackage that feedback as, what did we potentially do wrong to lead to this outcome? It may be that you didn't communicate something properly, so someone is mm-hmm. angry about something that's actually totally solvable, already been solved, already been fixed, there's a, a solve for, and they just don't know because you, you did not communicate it properly. As a next step, you have to report 
what you collected to the to the team to still it down. I mean, you know, you don't need to send them 400 pages <laughs> of answers to the survey. That's good, though, because they want to know that you really heard them. And there might be, like, one thing that your entire company yeah. is really focused on. And you could find a compromise that makes them all happy. We love win-wins on the show. I we am love, such a fan of win-wins. We love win-wins. So find the win-wins. Make it public. Make it a commitment. Don't just do the survey one time. Make it a part of your culture. And then after you've addressed it publicly, that's sort of the baseline. You've now fixed the holes in the bottom of the boat. The next step is figure out your cultural moments. Cultural moments go beyond an after work happy hour. Happy hours are great. Love happy hours. Okay. But it's about the cultural moments. It's about the moments when a new hire starts. It's about the moments when someone gets a promotion. It's about the things, the benefits that are brag worthy. No one's calling and telling their friends that the company that they work at has a great 401k. <laughs> maybe they are. Maybe they are. I mean, if they match like a hundred percent, maybe uh, I get Christmas off. I love this place. <laughs> no, it needs to be something that's brag worthy. Yeah. Maybe it's a commitment to education. Maybe That's it's a commitment cool. to growth. Admit, a commitment to growth. I got a better one. Well, commitment okay. to social responsibility. Giving back. People I love, love that. that. People, People do love that. Love that. Whatever you do, make sure that you are making happier hours. You should be having happier hours. And take credit for what <laughs> you're doing. That's another thing I think sometimes people miss out on. They create great benefits. But they don't they talk, talk about, them. about them. People don't know how to use them. Yeah. But also more than that, like if you're doing a big social cause project or thing for your organization, capture that. Tell that story so new hires know, hey, this is something that we do. This is more yeah. than a one-off. And make sure that when you are, after you've re reviewed these results, you're also not looking at what the trendiest unique benefit is. Like you don't want to be like some like unlimited you said, vacation. Yeah, unlimited vacation. I think is that thing kind came and went. It came and went. I think it did because people aren't gonna. They're gonna feel like crap. No one's talking about vacations at no. all right now. <laughs> and make sure that you're taking. You're actually adding benefits that are relevant to the culture that you promote, to the work that you do, and to the team that you want to attract. And let's be honest. If you're listening to this show. I think it goes without saying that you care about your team. You love your team. Well, maybe you I'm love your here. team enough to give that to give them a little bit of time for you to listen to this. So yeah. already pat on the back. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. We're promoting a good culture with our listeners, yes. and we want to congratulate you, lovely listener, yes. for being a productive, wonderful, thoughtful human being. And because <laughs> culture is something that's amorphous and ongoing, and kind of. Easy to create when you're small and hard to manage when you're large. It's an ongoing conversation. I mean, it pays dividends and it is so important for your brand. And you will win if you can nail your culture. So what are the main takeaways for today, Veronica? Yeah, we've Netflixed and chilled. We've given the old <laughs> Google search. We have talked a lot about culture. As Dom has said famously before, if you don't create your culture, it will create itself. Main takeaways for this episode, your culture is visible and transparent, and it should be. Your customers and your clients want to know how you treat your employees. They're going to see that, and they may choose to not support you or do business with you because of it. 
Turnover is expensive. Keep your people, people. Retention is important, and I will say people want to sit with the cool kids. Recruitment is crucial for growth, and you can mobilize your existing workforce by making them want to refer new talent to you. And if you lean in and do this right, you may find yourself saying goodbye to someone after 40 years and giving them the company watch. Goodbye. (laughs) And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks so much for listening to Brand to Brand. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends. 